Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and John Mallory. JM, how you doing, my man? What's up, Zap? What's going on, brother? I'm anxious. I'm, I'm excited. I'm heading home. I mean, I, I am too. I'm anxious. I'm more anxious than excited. I guess. You're more yeah. anxious than I'm coming home. You prefer that I <laughs> right. stay Right. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just looking forward. I'm looking forward to having you back yet, in a strange way, not. Okay. <laughs> now, I don't know. Do I take that as a compliment? Or yes, not? I, absolutely. Sure. Take it as a compliment. <laughs> Welcome to the Great American Collectible Show. Tom Zappala, my compadre, Johnny Mallory, JM as we call him, is in the house down in our studio. Chrissy, David are there. I'm still in Florida, but I am heading out, baby. Rico's already home. Rico, uh, Rico's home. Rico I, All right. Rico and I, we have a bet because, you know, we fly down. We have the car shipped and then we drive back because we take a little vacation, Ellen and I. And Rico and Elsie do the same thing. Yeah. So Rico and I have a bet, a $50 bet. He has a list of the roadkill that he saw <laughs> on Route 95 all the way back to Boston. If I top that, 50 bucks. <laughs> Rico's like he's like Phil Rizzuto he used to leave the games early to beat the traffic Rico leaves Florida early to get the better air traffic right is that the deal you know you, you, remember, you remember Dennis Drinkwater remember Dennis Drinkwater sure of course you know what Dennis's nickname was at the Red Sox games what eight and two thirds <laughs> two outs in the ninth he was out the door honest <laughs> to God. all right listen we have a great show today we're going to first bring in Steve Berkman from Clean Sweep Auctions Steve has a Two-day auction, two separate auctions, one starting tonight. And then we're going to bring in uh, – this is a guy that we've never, ever had on the show. He's got a great auction house. Yeah. Jeff Marin from Rockhurst Auction. Jeff is going to spend most of the time with us. And then in the second segment for a few minutes, if I can tolerate him, we're going to bring in <laughs> Mike Provenzal from Heritage Auction. Mike has been bugging me. He's been bugging me. Can we get him on? Can we get him on? So he's on. He's but let's go to our friend first. Steve Brookman. Stephen, how are you? Great. How are you doing? Good, good. You got uh, got a couple of little blockbusters happening tonight and uh, tomorrow. Yeah, well, it's a little different than the other auctions. This We call this our affordable auction. Almost everything is worth $500 or less. There's low minimum bids. Nothing has a reserve. So there's a lot of fun stuff in there. And it's a, it's a real collector auction, you know, in the, this auction. And, and what about the, the, the other one, the second one? Well, it's two parts. There's about two. There's about two thousand lots. Yeah. There's, there's about two thousand lots in the auction, so it's a it's a big variety of baseball autographs, baseball cards, sets. You know, football items. Uh, we got tickets. We got pennants. We got bats. We got goal line postcards. So it's like a real uh, potpourri of of collectibles. I, you know, I went online uh, yesterday and checked out some of the items. Man, you're talk, like you're all over the place. You're all over the place, but which is good. I mean, that's what people like. Yeah, and the prices are all over the place too, which is not unusual. But you know, some great deals and some and some big prices. Yeah, it's it's a real mix of stuff. So this, we run these kind of auctions three times a year. I think we're the only ones that do it. So it's you know it's something where someone can win ten or twenty lots and not kill themselves. And uh, you know, our our big stuff will be in the next auction. We have some huge things coming. Up. But you know, and JM, jump in anytime you want. But I just one one other comment I want to make, Steve, is that I can't tell you how many emails, texts we get about guys like Clean Sweep uh, when you have these, quote, affordable auctions. Because, you know, let's, let's be honest. We've said this a zillion times on this show. I call it the 80-20 rule. You know, 80% of the, of the collectors in this hobby can't afford a half a million dollar card. You know right. what I mean? That's just not the way it works. They're budget-minded, budget-conscious, and that's the stuff that they love to buy. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Oh, yeah. It's a lot more than 80%, but yeah, no, no question about yeah, it. Yeah, you're, pro you're probably right. And plus, if you want to build collections, you know, it, it's sometimes it's more fun to be able to, to bid on 10 or 20 or 30 lots. So this is a, you know, it's a very popular auction. It gets a lot of action. And it's like a, you know, big variety of things from autograph cards to postcards to Perez Steels and, you know, high grade cards from the 
mostly from the sixties and seventies and eighties, you know, that sort of thing. It's really neat. And I think that's where you guys both said the word. It's, you know, I, I love the idea of the affordable auction. Really. It's a variety auction. I mean, it's really unbelievable. I mean, can you pinpoint some of the things, one of the things really stuck out at me, um, Steve, is you had some great basketball stuff, some Larry Bird, um, signed cards, uh, Rick Barry, Shaquille O'Neal, Yao Ming, Tiny Archibald. I mean, some really neat basketball stuff, but a lot of other stuff too. Yeah, there's some cool basketball sign cards. There's fun football sign cards. There's, there's a bunch of hockey stuff. You know, there's boxing stuff. There's just, you know, kind of everything is in there. So there's a lot of autographed photos. There's probably, you know, two or 300 signed baseballs, single signed baseballs, team balls. You know, we have pennants. We have tickets, some good, some good tickets. So a lot of the stuff that's really hot right now is in the sauce. One of the things that stood out to me, the 1947 oddball oversized cards. Can you can you talk about that a little bit, Steve? Oh, like, that's a good question. Oh, like team issue sets, like that sort of yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those. it's interesting. They, for, I like those things. So the, what the deal with those is they sold them in the stadium. It was a set of usually 25 cards. They come in an envelope. You know, you can only get them complete. And they sold them for like a dollar or two. They started doing them in the 1930s, actually, with the Cubs. Then came the Red Sox. Then the Yankee and Dodger ones start around, well, I guess they start in 41, but you don't really see those. You see the ones from 47 to about 62. And I've always liked them, and we have customers that collect them, and, and they're fun sets. And lately, people started grading them, so they've become worth a lot of money. The, the thing that's tricky about them is the, the companies were, or the teams were a little lazy, and they'd use the same exact photo sometimes five years in a row. Right. So it's very hard to date them. Like, <laughs> what's a 47 set as opposed to a 49? Point. Right. And cultures get very anal about that stuff. You know, they, they want the 47 Yankee set, not the 49 Yankee set. So it's a little bit of like a dark science sometimes when these sets aren't complete. You know, you you know, one. You, you know what my all-time favorite clean sweep single item is of all time? Oh, what item? The Mother Teresa autograph. <laughs> I, you know, I bid on that, Steve, by the way. I did bid on that. We've had the honor twice. He, did, he, did, he did treat it away for a Pope Paul VI, I have to say, but other than that. Uh, Steve, your, uh, your uh, website address? So it's cleansweepauctions.com. And just please remember, any if you for today's auction, which is baseball autographs, it's just ending today on Wednesday, you have to have your initial bids in by 8 o'clock Eastern time. Tomorrow is cards, autographs from all the other sports and baseball memorabilia. So for tomorrow, you have to, on Thursday, you have to have your bids in by 8 o'clock Eastern. So it's cleansweepauctions.com. Remember, initial bids by 8 o'clock Eastern, free registration, take a look. You know, there's a lot of fun stuff in the auction. So don't remember, at 7.30, the show ends. You have a half hour to get do what you got to do to get into that auction. Right. That being said, Steve, uh, nice chatting with you. And uh, we're going to see you at the National, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we'll come by with the little camera. Uh, Mallory's going to be my cameraman this year. We're going to come by and do some little interviews with uh, some, of the, some of the dealers. So take care of yourself. Oh, you too, my friend. Good to see you, Steve. Always a pleasure. J.M., I'll tell you what, uh, Steve, Steve's a good guy. He's got a, he's got a great auction house, you know? I love the idea of the affordable. It's almost like cleaning out the attic type of an auction, right? Exactly. There's just exactly. a lot of great stuff there for every price range. and, there, and totally it's, But it's not junk. I mean, it's some good, good stuff. big names, good cards, good signed items. Got to check it out. And you got to check it out soon, right after the show. Don't, not while you're watching the show. But you have a half hour after the show ends. Go check that out. Thank you. Hey, our giveaway this week. This is kind of a different one that Rick gave me. This is another signed Rico Petroselli. <laughs> you know, That's I'm, I'm looking at this. It's amazing the access we have to Rico Petroselli autographs. Wait a minute, but hold on. Doesn't his head look a little small? I told him that. I said, Rick, your head looks small. I think that's Joe Foy's body, and Rico superimposed his head on it or something. Actually, it's a nice picture of Rico. It is. A, well, he doesn't. I, I got a nice, I have a, a great picture. And by the way, we're going to be. Uh, giving that away later on out of the Staten Island Joe Marino. You know, when I get back to Boston, we're going to have a burn. We're going to burn this bag. On nice. Here. I love it. Yeah, we're going to burn it. We can have, we can light a couple cigars and that's use what the we're going to do. We're going to burn it. But anyway, there's a nice picture of uh, Rico that I'm going to be posting with Rico Yaz and Reggie Smith uh, with cigars and beers in their hand when they clinch the pennant. It's nice. a great photo. Uh, Elsie sent it to me. I love it. All right. <clears throat> we have a, a this is a, a, this is a gentleman we've never had on the show before. Got a very, very, very uh, uh, popular auction house. Been around for a lot of years. Jeff Marin from Rockhurst Auction. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Jeff. You Actually, you look like kind of, I, you look like a doctor. 
<laughs> yeah, I put on a shirt with buttons today. You know, most of the rest in this industry. Right now. I mean, he could. He could pass, jeans he, on below, yeah. No I, I mean, no. JM, he could pass as a surgeon, right? Yeah, I feel like telling him my list of ailments right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I joke with my wife at this age, I can go anywhere and get an door. <laughs> Right. A middle-aged guy who looks like this. I can. Everyone just assumes I own the place when I walk in. <laughs> hey, Jeff, uh, tell us a little bit about your gr- background. Um, it's not just about sports. It's a little of everything. But uh, can you give us a little background on, on uh, Jeff Marin? Yeah, sure. I came uh, into the auction business from the marketing and advertising world back in the 90s, about 25 years ago. So I was doing that as a, uh, you know, as a job in the 90s. And I came in designing auction catalogs initially created one of the first auction websites in 96. Uh, and then I was in, I ended up working for one of the larger auction houses for about 10 years, moved to another one, took care of the day-to-day. So I've been in the business uh, almost 25 years and I opened my own firm a little over two years ago, Rockhurst Auctions. So awesome. yeah, and I, cover, I covered, I in, covered in before this, I actually ran Graceland Auctions in Memphis for five years. Doing oh, nothing wow. but Elvis Presley. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to get into that. A little yeah, bit. you got to talk about that. that. That's that unbelievable. Is, that, that, that's yeah. mind-boggling. I mean, yeah. that is. <laughs> it was mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> Yeah. Can you? I mean, can you just start with that, Jeff, a little bit? Just tell us about that experience because I think you know when you do something like that. I mean, Elvis is he's just one one of those names, right? I mean, obviously, just first name, but I mean, the, just the epitome of entertainment, the epitome of fame worldwide fame and you know to do that and be in charge of of that auction had to be something it was you know it's funny when i when i first got wind of it in 2014 i didn't realize it was a whole niche by itself but elvis has a and i've been a fan since i was a kid i just coincidentally grew up in an elvis household I had an older brother who was a fan so i was exposed to it uh, even though i'm only in my 50s i was i was i grew up a fan of his music so in 2014 um uh, what who became my partner had run their first auction, Laura Pickett, and she called me down there. And later in the year, I, I had no idea it could sustain itself just as a niche auction because he has some of the biggest fans in the world. As we all know, he's an icon, but there's an interesting detail about his life. We all know about Graceland and he, you know, he, he owned all these homes and, and, and lived this lavish lifestyle. Well, uh, he actually kind of created the supply for a collector market in the most unusual way that no other personality has ever done. Like even when you hear about Marilyn Monroe or Sinatra or some big auction, it's like one group of stuff and then that's it. Yeah. But for whatever reason, Elvis was so generous and he started making money in say 56 and didn't stop until he passed away. Every single year, he was either the biggest rock star, you know, a big movie star for several years and then the biggest touring act in the world. Sure. Um, so all that time he's making, you know, scads of money and he's very generous and he's given it all away. He's given away clothing and jewelry and he's very, very uh, willing autograph signer. Right. Um, and cars and homes and personal effects and paperweights. So it's thousands of items that are now out there. Mm. And then over the last 30, 40 years, the collector base, the, the fan base who, who are collectors sort of discovered they're like, oh, we can actually own things that he owned. We can own his clothing and his jewelry and, and you know, and tons of autographs. And so it. It's a it's a weird case where the supply created the demand. You know, sometimes and you'll you guys will understand this. Sometimes, especially with like card issues, things can be so rare right. that no one collects them and they have no value. It's that probably <laughs> you know? that it's probably that rare mingling where the more stuff yeah. that's out there, the more people can buy it. it, it you know what I mean? Yeah. Not not the other way around, right? Yeah, and it was so it's it was a un, it's a unique case. You know, the only other entertainer who's even close is maybe Prince, but he everything's still there at Paisley Park. You know, he kept everything, built a compound. Most most stars don't do that, you know. Yeah, so it so, doesn't really happen. Jeff, just so, as, as a follow up to that, ahead, you know, in terms yeah. of segue, because you have at Rockers, you have some great sports items uh, out sure. there as well. What did you learn from the Graceland experience? What did you bring with you from that into the sports world? Now, although your website has Americana entertainment, the whole bit, but just talk about that segue and what you learned from Graceland. You can apply to sports items in an auction. Uh, sure. I, you know, I, I did sports and Americana for about 15 years and then focused on Graceland for those five years, yeah. which was great. I, you know, it was great working on the, um, uh, at the mansion and on the compound down there sure. uh, and running, we, we ran two live auctions a year. So it kept my finger in that, which was good. Cause I had done a bunch of live auctions at the national, uh, for years and we did nothing but live auction. We did them two or three times a year for about five years. Uh, and then COVID hit of course, and that all ended, but, um, 
so it was it was good to sort of run it was kind of the first time I ran my own firm because me and a partner we ran the whole show um, from soup to nuts so I was in charge of the consignments so it was a it was an excellent sort of bit of my professional education to get to you know have to travel more do more consignment work uh, really land collections that kind of thing so that's what I was able to bring back when I opened Rockhurst was all that experience in the marketing and presentation of auctions and then running the day-to-day firm. And then that last step was sort of um, really high-end consignment work, you know, meeting people, building relationships, you know, and building auctions. Jeff, are you a collector yourself? I am. I grew up a collector. I <laughs> I like to say that I've sort of broken myself of it because it was getting out of hand for a while. So <laughs> we know we know yeah, the feeling. We, we can relate. Yeah, no, I yeah, still have relate. my. Uh, I still have, I've gotten rid of most of my comics from when I was a kid, but I have my Hulk collection left. And uh, but I collected stamps and coins, and you know, I. I was all over the place. So I didn't collect baseball cards, ironically enough, although I did sell my brother's baseball cards when I was 14 <laughs> and bought some really nice speakers. Oh yeah. So, he, he, he must have been thrilled oh. about that. It's okay. He has this, he has this fantasy that they were all mint and it was, it was mostly 1970 tops with a smattering of 71s, a little 68, 69s. And they were literally in a laundry basket in our basement. So you can imagine the condition, but, but I got some sweet speakers out of the deal. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chatting with Jeff Martin from Rockhurst Auction. Um, let's talk about the auction. I mean, again, sure. you're 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 offering so many different things. Can you talk about just give us a general uh, uh, description of of some of the things in the uh, some of the items in the auction? Yeah, sure. I'm I'm pretty excited about a couple of different set runs we have with tops and and Bowman cards. Uh, it, this they're both sort of fresh to the hobby, which is great. One is a collection out of Texas where the guy started buying packs in you know the early 50s and stopped sort of as he entered high school. So it's from 52 right up until about 63. And um, which was, an, you know, it's funny when I had it all back and he, he described his life to me, ended up being a judge. He was, he had a very successful career, but he said as a kid, when he lived in this part of Texas, there was, he said, there was literally nothing to do. He's like, I, I just happened to live in a neighborhood that was not close to where my school friends were. He said, all I did was buy baseball cards. So it's great that the collection came out of packs right from his hands. Not that it's super high condition, but it's really complete. And the, and the funniest part of it was when I finally got it in the office and you know, if you've ever been involved in these breakdowns, you, you put the 500,000 count boxes kind of on the table in order, you're sort of organizing things. And it created this perfect bell curve from 52 to 63 or 64. Wow. And then I called him back and I'm like, well, how old were you in 1960 at the peak of the curve? He's like, oh, I was 13. I'm like, well, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> wow. You know, he probably had a few bucks in his pocket from a paper route. <clears throat> right. And he was buying, buying, buying. And then of course, when he's six and seven and eight, he doesn't have much interest. And then it peaks at like 13 or 14. And then I said, right, when he's 15, he's, you know, meeting girls and going to high school and doing whatever else they did in the 60s. So yeah. it sort of drops off precipitously, but it's a really fun collection with a lot of cards. So, hey, Jeff, for people who aren't familiar with Rockhurst, obviously the first time you've been on our show, but you've been in the business mm-hmm. for a long time. Reading everything on your website um, about the company, about the auction house, it keeps coming back to a couple things, and that's customer service. And the other phrase was attention to detail. Can you just kind of expound on that a little bit and how that applies to what you do and how it makes you unique in the marketplace? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I came into the business with uh, pretty cold from a marketing background, which has a certain level of detail to it. Um, but I, I noticed right away that the the way that it was done where it was successful was then when everything was treated with with the greatest care and I always, you know, it's funny, I talk about with my writing staff or, or when I'm writing myself, I think about <laughs> returnable offenses. And that means that if you didn't turn the thing over and describe that damage on the back, and if you didn't, you know, uh, do a proper count, if you didn't, you know, properly put this thing in historical context, well, right. the, the customer is going to be disappointed. The collector wants, you know, it's funny, we're actually in the marketplace business. That's how I think of the auction business. Good you know. I thought of it as just collectibles when I came in, but what I learned over the years was that what we really do is we create marketplaces where we want sellers and buyers to meet right. and sell and bid with reckless abandon. And the only way they do that is when they completely trust the context in which the lots have been put. That's you know? right. That's right. I think that is so important. Uh, we got, uh, we're going to take a break now. We're chatting with Jeff Marin from Rockhurst Auction. We've got a lot to talk about, Jeff. When we come back, I want to get, I want to talk about the budget-minded collector. 
because that, that as we talked about it earlier with Steve, that represents a large segment of the collecting world. And you have a lot of offerings just to accommodate that collector. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auction and Collectibles Company. If you're looking to maximize your return on your sports cards and collectibles, look no further. We at Memory Lane Auction House offer you several options to achieve top dollar for your collectibles. Whether you're looking to auction or sell privately, we're the number one choice with over 17 years in the hobby. Nobody will work harder to achieve your goals. Just call us today at 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or visit us on the web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Go with the best. Go with Memory Lane. Hi everyone, this is Rico Petroselli. JustCollect.com, a leader in the vintage sports card industry, is giving free appraisals on your vintage cards. They'll evaluate your collection for free and let you know the value of it at no cost and no obligation. If you're ready to sell, JustCollect.com will offer you industry-leading prices to buy your card collection. To begin your free baseball card appraisal, visit JustCollect.com or call them at 732-828-2261. That's JustCollect.com for your free vintage card appraisals and top buy prices for your cards. Check out JustCollect.com today. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. For more than 30 years, Robert Edward Auctions has been the industry leader when it comes to helping you realize the most money for your baseball cards and sports memorabilia. In addition to their unparalleled reputation for honesty and integrity, they reach the largest number of bidders in the business and offer lower seller's fees, as well as generous cash advances up front on your valuable material. Contact them today at 908-226-9900. That's 908-226-9900 or at robertedwardauction.com. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality and premier customer service their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan pristine also works for hope sports and identity hoops international traveling to mexico to build houses for the less fortunate pristine auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day for more information go to pristineauction.com that's pristine auction the best in the business Okay, we are back. Hey, Jim, you got to do me a favor. What's that? 
You got that hat. You got to make that hat go away. You, you look my, like Opie. Opie my, from the Andy Griffith. That's my Celtics hat for the playoffs. It's my yeah, Celtics I mean, it's, hat. Maybe your head is too big for the hat. Really? You you look like uh, I don't even know what you look like. Hey, right. this is, this is <laughs> first of all, it's the Red Sox. You look season. like Mike Lowell and Rico Petroselli had a kid, and you're it. Someone told me I look like. Have you, have you ever seen a picture? By the way, that wouldn't be a bad-looking kid. Just want thank to say. You. Thank you. very much. All right, let's get back to Jeff. Jeff Marin from um, Rockers. Jeff, you know we were talking about the budget-minded collector. How important is it? I mean, how important is that budget-minded collector to the hobby? The guy that I always say can't spend 50, 60, 70, 80 grand on one item. How important is that to Rockhurst auction? Like someone not Tom Zappala. That's what he that, means. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, the big hitters. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's funny. I, uh, there's always an argument that, you know, we'd all love to be selling nothing but, you know, Renaissance era paintings and have 20 lots in our auctions, but that's not how the world works. And, and quite frankly, it's not just about the budget minded consumer. I think the range of collectibles um, from the very high end to the very low end is what everybody collects. Like there's a few guys who simply are great, you know, doing nothing but high end graded sets. I get that. But most collectors of say baseball memorabilia, they will collect things that are, you know, five and 10,000, 50, hundred thousand dollars, but they also like a nice 500 to a thousand dollar item that is, right really cool. It's minty. It's a small, maybe a small item. Uh, maybe it's a, a, you know, a poster, you know, a tops poster from the sixties or seventies, right. that stuff has its place. And not only has its place in the market to attract low end, you know, a, a, a consumer who spends less money, but I'm of a firm belief that the, the high end collectors collect that stuff as well. And that's sort of how the, the range of collectibles needs to be presented in an auction within reason. I mean, yeah, frankly, you have to be able to make a few bucks on the thing if you're going to present it. So oh, of there, course, absolutely. there is a bottom for that. There's a place for eBay in the world. But um, and that's I, I think guys collect it all, quite frankly. Um, and I try to treat that stuff is in the same manner as I treat the high end stuff, too. And that's also something that sort of I think distinguishes our presentation is some of that stuff gets more than you'd ever imagine it gets in terms of presentation. It's but like a take a set that might be worth. You know, with no graded cards, uh, you know, whatever, a 73 top set uh, with a, you know, a, a beat up um, Schmidt rookie. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to photo every card. You know, I'm going to present every card in the auction. Uh, and why shouldn't that be presented in the same yeah, way? I, I agree. That's 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 a good that's a very good approach. Yeah. And, and having said that, though, you do have some marquee players and player items uh, in this auction. Ted Williams, Mickey Mantle, Sandy Koufax. Uh, Michael Jordan, can you just talk about a couple of the, maybe some that's kind of a wow, a couple of the wow items to you or what people can look forward uh, to at Rockhurst? Yeah, there's some nicer higher end cards in those sets that I talked about. Um, there's a, uh, well, let me bring up a list here. There's actually a, uh, the entertainment stuff's pretty high. There's a nice 52 Bowman Mantle rookie yep. card. Yep, you saw know, that. Yeah. That's a tough card. Uh, it's always um, sought after. Everyone's always trying to upgrade that. Is that a graded card? Uh, it is. We won't mention the grading company, but yes, it is. Uh, no, that's okay. But uh, no, you can. It's okay because well, I have one. I'm just curious as no, to. No, it's, it's a it's an SGC seven. Just, oh, nice so card. A, yeah, it's a pretty nice card. And there's you know I've got several rose rookies in the in like a PSA six and then a four. Yep. And then there's one. There's some in the sets too. Um, so it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a nice assortment. And the sets themselves are nice. You know, there's some nice stuff. And um, you know, back to the budget-minded thing. Uh, the other thing I think to to remember in a long, as in terms of a long-term growth of the industry, is like that's where collectors come from. Um, they come in at the low end generally. You know, they right. all do. Unless right. you yeah. know, I mean, you know, unless there are you're, uh, yeah. unless you're right. Steve Cohen. You know, uh, well, there are exceptions to that, but mostly guys come in and start to dabble and start right. to you know educate themselves on what they what they like and how the hobby works and how things work. So that low end serves as a, as an entry point for a lot of people that, you know, cause we're really looking to have people come in and spend a couple decades with us. That's the idea. That's what grows the industry. So. You know, it's interesting, but uh, we've seen this in the past. You have besides sports, you have some, some really cool Hollywood stuff. Yeah. Uh, Americana uh, music stuff. You'd be surprised how interesting sports collector sports collectors uh oh yeah that stuff i mean can you can you mention some of those items that you have that are kind of that jump out at you 
Yeah, to your point, we I learned 20 plus years ago that the crossover is an important element to it. And that's why I present everything at once. I mean, there might come a time when I'll do separate auctions, that kind of thing. I'm doing a, a live Elvis only auction this summer in Memphis. But to put them all in front of the marketplace at once is, is key because that crossover bidding and interest is is really real. So I, I wasn't kidding, by the way, when when no. Steve was on early, I don't know if you heard it because I know you're in the green room. Um, when Steve Workman had his, uh, you know, I was bidding on a few items and boom, this Mother Teresa yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> autograph hits me in the face. It says, that's kind of cool. So I, I bid on it. But, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, we, we've got some great rock and roll stuff. I have a, a killer Paul McCartney jacket that he wore on stage in 63, kind of just as they were ascending in, in London, wow. uh, in England before they got here. It's just killer. It's got great photo evidence. And he left it in the car one night, you know, so it's got a great story behind it. Like they were staying in some small town playing a, you know, what were effectively movie theaters back then. And uh, <laughs> he signed an autograph for the guy and then he forgot to, he left the jacket in the car. So we got Very the autograph cool. and the jacket. Very um, cool. Yeah. Jeff, if and when you do that uh, Elvis only auction, will you please come on the show wearing the leather suit that he oh wore God. in the 68 TV special? That would that be is, That's awesome. safely ensconced in the Graceland That archive, would be great. But, yeah. And Zap can that, wear... Let me tell you something. That show... Right? ...was a killer. I mean, that was like Elvis at his best. That one show. I didn't really see did. it, Zap, because I was only two. But, but no, um, it was, I mean, it's been on TV. I mean, but I mean, I, I know what you mean. It was like it was the rekindling of his career. Yeah. It really was. He just killed it. That he did. Night. He did. You know, it's, it's a great story, too, because the colonel was wanted it to be a Christmas show. He's always thinking of just how to market stuff sort of broadly. <laughs> and the producer and Elvis got together and said, no, we're, we're doing a show. We're doing a we're doing a rock and roll show. And so, yeah, it's, it's just one of those. And then it put him back on stage. That was the key thing. He hadn't been on stage in eight years at that point. Um, at all. He was making movies. And so that right. put him back on stage and yeah. made everything that happened after that, all the Vegas shows, all sure. the touring in the 70s, it made it all possible because it he was really nervous about that whole thing. And it just went so well. Oh, it, yeah, it that was just a killer. And he looked great. I mean, it was oh, um, just yeah. unbelievable. You know? Yeah, he did. He had trimmed down. Yeah, and he looked good. He looked great. Hey, yeah, that suit is safely at Graceland. It's not. Yeah, right. Hey, Jeff, speaking of that, I mean, when you were doing that, the Graceland, did you get close to Elvis's family priscilla who i mean did you did you did you get did you take in everything around graceland did you kind of take a moment to say uh like i'm dealing with elvis here like did you separate the business yeah. from the person a little bit uh, i did have a couple of nice moments there i didn't meet priscilla i yeah. kind of we kind of kept to left them alone whenever they were there and we were there they were like under high demand during big festivals and things yeah but it was nice i worked in the archive building which was fascinating so the archives were like something out of Citizen Kane. Like, you yeah. know, my office was in a separate section of it, but I would walk by in succession, like a stack of television sets going back 50 years and then a jet engine plane, an old truck, yeah. Lisa Marie's bed from her bedroom, and then yeah. my office door. So it was like, it was really, and that's how you sort of have to store that stuff. But it was, right. it was really cool to be involved in that. And I, and I worked, you know, I worked for the estate at that point. So we worked closely with, the marketing department and uh, everything to do with Graceland in terms of putting our events on during the big festivals they have down there twice a year. So it was a fascinating experience. I can imagine. Hey, Jeff, tell us about the uh, Dick Perez artwork. Dick's a, he's a, he's a oh, wonderful yeah. artist. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I got a, a small selection of Dick's uh, uh, pen and ink drawings of uh, Jackie Robinson, Ted Williams, uh, Epa Rixie. There's uh, a couple other Hall of Famers, uh, a couple of the Black Sox characters, uh, and the more, and they're really nice. They're really nice drawings, not as super high end paintings. But um, the other fascinating thing Dick gave us was his personal sport magazine collection, where he did a lot of his research and got a lot of his inspiration. So it's his sport magazines from the 40s, 50s, and 60s. His personal copy of uh, Sports Illustrated number one, um, and then a, a, other groups of baseball magazines with who's who and uh, from the forties and fifties. So he, he, he said he found those, uh, just inspiring for, you know, the different, uh, different players he's painted over the years. So it's kind of a fascinating to have that, uh, have that collection in the auction as well. Jeff, we're in doing the show. We're seeing that, uh, collectors and potential investors in terms of cards and sports cards. Um, it seems like some people still like to go in and, and get the individual card, that great one card. Others are gravitating more toward complete sets, um, as a, as a guy who was in the business, <clears throat> excuse me, but also as a collector, where do you see that going? And, and do you prefer to get complete buy a complete set or go after card after card? 
Yeah, the collector in me is a completist. And so I've always, I understood that about the business right away. I understood the complete set notion or the complete group of whatever the thing is. Yeah. Um, whether it's a magazine or, or some piece of memorabilia or a Heartland set. Like I totally understand the completist attitude. That's really what drives us all to collect in the first place. And the uh, the investment part of the market and the, the the dollar amount that's gone up. And I saw the first wave of that in the late 90s, but the, the money is so serious now. I understand the single... Uh, card collector, you know, uh, and you can have fun with that too. There are <coughs> sets within single cards. Sure. I remember a guy putting together a, a, a gem mint 10 example from every top set, you know, that kind of a way to collect or collect a player group in high grade, you know, condition. So there's, you can skin that cat either which way. I think eventually guys want to put sets together. That'll always drive things and um, it'll drive and, and the value of that high end stuff, it, not to go off on a tangent, but the value of the high-end stuff will also drive people to other stuff, to other sets. We've seen it, you know, a thousand times over and over as the fifties and sixties tops became so expensive. It drove them into the seventies It drives people into the eighties, drives people towards non-sport. So Good it point. can have a, it can have a nice effect where other stuff becomes interesting and more collectible uh, and, and starts to gain some value itself. So it's a cycle that seems to repeat itself. Jeff, what is your take on the, um, the new influx of ultra modern and modern collectors coming into the market, as well as the ultra modern and modern cards. You know, we always refer to it as uh, uh, manufactured rarities, right? Uh, or yeah. scarcities. Question is, I mean, is there is a place for it? Do you think it's impacting the vintage market at all? <clears throat> Um, I think when you see a big price on a card that's two years old, four years old, six years old, we also, you know, people have been doing this a long time. There's a tendency to want to shake our heads, but someone's writing that check. Someone's, someone's paying that money. And I, I yeah. I'm a firm believer that all, all boats rise in a high tide. So it's great when a, a great piece sells or a big numbers achieved, even on a card, you know, from some rookie guy, some rookie football player from last year. I understand that it's in. I think it's a sign that the market has matured because like any sort of, if you think of it like the financial markets, when you have a, a liquid deep market with a lot of money and some age to it, uh, you're allowed to have some day trading. And that's kind of what happens with these modern cards. I, I've, I've talked to guys who are buying cards on Wednesday and Thursday, hoping this guy has a good game to try and sell them on Monday. Like, and that's, a, that's you're making a great point. Yeah. I mean, that's how, we, that's how, you know, I think John, we've talked about it. Yeah. You know, we look at the vintage cards or the vintage collection as kind of like the blue chip stocks you know the ibm the at&t's the procter and gambles and then the new stuff that's coming in it's actually right it's like day trading it's like you know you're day trading stocks it's a it's a great analogy great analogy well there's also there's also you know a lot of predicting right like people that bought up all those zion williamson cards right and now he hasn't played really in yeah. a year. So, I mean, now he may eventually be great again, so you're going to hang on to those, I suppose. You're, but you're rolling the dice. Yeah, so you, you are. are you're rolling the, rolling the dice. There's no question. <laughs> There's no yeah. doubt. Babe Ruth's stats aren't changing, right? right. I mean, exactly. I love the modern market. I think you bring yeah. more collections in. Absolutely. 100%. And people I'll will tell you hit. what. I'll, I'll tell you what. From what I've seen from this side, uh, the collectors in that market are very, very knowledgeable. Very knowledgeable. The millennials, the 25 to 35, whatever they are, they really know their stuff when it comes to those particular, uh, sure. uh, you know, whatever those collections are. And Jeff, so, don't you think as a, as a guy who's been in the business a long time that I know it happened to me just as a sports fan when I get into sports at 9, 10 years old, rooting for Kyle Yastrzemski or John Havlicek or Johnny Busick, whatever, it, the sports fan in me drove me to go back and – learn about Willie Mays and, and exactly. Mickey Mantle. Yeah. Don't you think that happens also with, with these young collectors? They gravitate by just learning learning the market, right? Yeah, and, and they're going to discover these earlier issues, these earlier parts of the memorabilia market. You know, And I think that's what happens too over the, the course of a, a person's collecting is they sort of, they become more mature in, in terms of what they're interested in. No doubt. And it can lead them into the older sets, the actual game use stuff. So, uh, you know, once that door's open, they can learn about all of it. And it seems to be happening. I, I, I've watched it happen with guys over the years where they they wander into the collectibles market for one thing, and then they're sort of educated by what they see happening around them, and they get interested in something else. So it's it's what drives the whole thing. And it, it, it's, a, it's a modern, like I say, it's a modern liquid market. 
And that's a good thing. And that's it comes with its downsides too, because there's like there's incremental crashes that occur in certain sectors. I mean, so you can treat it just like any other market. And it wasn't that way 20 years ago, 25 years ago. It was very, it was much smaller. It didn't have and when you get to this size, it, it sort of builds in a little stability, but there's also I mean, look at the Jordan rookie cards. That's a perfect example of like a of an item that's that's peaked a couple times over the course of, the, of time, you know, where absolutely, yeah, you know, the numbers in the late nineties were astounding. They were going for like, what are you talking about? That card's worth 20,000 plus, you know, <laughs> and then, and it just happened again, you know, a year and a half ago, right. you know, I just sold a Jordan nine in the mid uh, low twenties a few months ago that would have been in the low sixties or seventies, 18 months ago. So God. things come and they go. We have about two minutes left, Jeff. So the auction starts on April 28th. That's right? actually the closing date. Yeah, a little. I'm sorry, closes yeah. on the 28th. Uh, how do people? How can they bid? What is your website address? Sure, we're at RockhurstAuctions.com. Kind of rolls off the tongue. Uh, <laughs> so, and uh, bidding will probably start on the 20th or the 21st. We like to go up about a week beforehand, and everything closes that night on its own 30-minute timer on the 28th. So there's no sniping. Everyone will have time to move their money around. Should be about six, seven hundred lots in the auction, and like we said, it'll be a nice. Uh, a nice uh, variety of stuff between sports and rock and roll and Hollywood and Americana. Yeah. I mean, I said the Hollywood, we just touched upon the Hollywood stuff. There was some really cool stuff that you have. Really cool Hollywood yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I'm sure that you, stuff. Uh, is that from one consigner or do you have an agreement with somebody? Uh, did I have some, you know, it, it runs the gamut. I have single item consigners. And then I have, obviously I get collections of stuff in. So it comes in, all, it comes in all shapes and sizes. So. Awesome. Well, listen, thanks for joining us. Uh, we hope you can, uh, you know, join us again down the road. Absolutely. Uh, seems like you really have a, a, a great auction site, great company and, uh, wish you the best. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It was great. Thank you, all Jeff. Right. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. Uh, if we can find Provenzal, he could be drunk. He could be sleeping <laughs> under a park bench. He could be somewhere. But we're going to see if we can find him. Hang in there. We'll be right back. If you are a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection to the famed Boston Garden Auction to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, Homeowner's insurance is all most people need, but for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned, the highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. 
Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auction and Collectibles Company. If you're looking to maximize your return on your sports cards and collectibles, look no further. We at Memory Lane Auction House offer you several options to achieve top dollar for your collectibles. Whether you're looking to auction or sell privately, we're the number one choice with over 17 years in the hobby. Nobody will work harder to achieve your goals. Just call us today at 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or visit us on the web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Go with the best. Go with Memory Lane. With record-breaking sales from everything from the white border T206 Hollandus Wagner for $3.12 million to some great items that support the Jackie Robinson Foundation, Golden Auctions has set the highest standards for the finest in sports cards, autographs, and game-used memorabilia. We're always accepting consignments of high-end premium sports treasures or entire collections. Please register for our next auction and bid now at goldenauctions.com. That's golden with an I. We at Golden Auctions are committed to providing Providing unsurpassed customer service for the discriminating collector. That's exactly why we're the leader in the industry. Visit goldenauctions.com or call 856-767-8550. Remember, Golden Auctions. We don't just break records, we shatter them. With so many fakes out there, it's hard to figure out if the sneakers you want are real. But when you buy eligible sneakers on eBay, you can be confident they're genuine because every pair goes through a meticulous authentication process. Introducing eBay Authenticity Guarantee. First, the sneakers you've purchased are inspected by a team of professional authenticators who carefully examine the shoes, including color, pattern, logos, and materials. Then they're measured and compared to the eBay listing to make sure they match. Even the laces, accessories, and box are checked. Once your sneakers are verified, they receive an authenticity tag. And every tag is NFC enabled so you can see the detailed specs. eBay Authenticity Guarantee. No fakes, no fraud, no doubt. And in fact, eBay is the place to go for all of your memorabilia, sports or non-sports cards, autographs, and much more. Whether it's a gift for that special someone or you just want to add to your collection, eBay's huge marketplace should be your first stop. And if you sell, now's the time to flip those cars and get some extra cash. I shop on eBay all the time. That's eBay connecting buyers and sellers globally. I just bought something on eBay, JM. So you were connected globally. I, I, I did. I, I did <clears throat> something, and the guy that we went back and forth, I bought a signed baseball. Did you? Ike DeLock. Ike DeLock signed Oh, Ike baseball. DeLock. Sure, yeah. sure. I yeah, thought you were going back and forth with, with Rico trying to get a... <laughs> Because one thing we don't have enough of is signed Rico items. Hey, listen, before we bring, <laughs> speaking of signed Rico items, before we bring Mikey in, we're going to, this is our giveaway. You think he posed for this? I'm not even sure that's him, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, that's, that's Rico in the sunshine of Fenway Park. What do you think? What year? What are we looking at? 65, 66? Yeah, this is this is definitely before '67. Definitely, you could tell yeah. because he has that look like they're going to lose, <laughs> you know, and which they did. That's horrible. Until '67, they lost. Come on. All right. <laughs> the, the giveaway goes to Larry Gettemeyer. Larry Gettemeyer. Larry Gettemeyer. Will you? Larry Gettemeyer. <laughs> Congratulations, Larry. You know how it all works. You've won before. Uh, you emailed JM. Send the carrier pigeon. Text us. <laughs> he doesn't even have my email. Want. How's he going to email me? He can't email me. Uh, or you can text us on, on the site, uh, Facebook. Time, Larry, the hell you're don't do text it. me, Larry. Text Zap, all right? You got one week, Larry. If they don't hear from you in one week, you're out. All right, let's bring Mikey in. Mike Provenzal from Heritage Auctions. Now, you know, Mikey, um, I got to be honest with you. Um, I think we like you better than Grady. Well, that's low praise, but I'll take it. <laughs> really? I mean, that's that's like liking Ricketts over scurvy or something yeah. like that. You know? <laughs> How are you doing, Michael? Very well. How are you guys this morning? Wait, wait. What's up, is Mike? That a, is, hold on. Is that I, see, I know the painting we've talked about, but what is that thing behind you, the machine? That's a 1940s slot machine, nice. a dime slot machine um, that is going to be coming up in a future auction. One of our consigners had it unique piece uh he wanted to see what it would go for so uh 
We're researching it right now. And it comes with $30 of dimes. JM. I will give you $35 cash right now for that before it goes (laughs) to auction. It's got to start at at least 30. (laughs) JM, let's think about this. If we, if we kind of pulled out resources together and purchased that, I think we can make a few bucks. You and I, I think you might be right. Start right? up the studio, see what happens. Right. Actually, you, you know something? Below us, <laughs> below us is the biggest cigar store in New England. Cigar smokers are all gamblers, right? No yeah. <laughs> You're right. I mean, we could set that up at the entrance to the cigar store. You're right, buddy. I like the way you're thinking, Zap. Right? I like that. I think it'd be good. I like hey, that. Mikey, uh, first of all, let's talk to us. What's going on with uh, Heritage? You guys always have something going on. Yep. Uh, A lot of auctions going on. We have the David Hall T206 collection part eight open right now. How many pots are there? I mean, how many freaking T206 (laughs) cards did David Hall It's like the auction version of Roots. Oh, my God. (laughs) So this is part eight. Part nine will be this summer, and that's going to be the uh, last installment. But uh, some more amazing rare backs. You know how those T206 collectors are. Great researchers. They know the history. Uh, there's a lot of ins and outs to it, and I've learned a lot about the T206 collection the last few years, uh, and David Hall's the perfect person to learn from. You know, Mike, when I, when I do my extensive show prep, Zap and, and Mike, you know, I go to the, the auction house's website, look at stuff. I didn't understand anything on this one. No, I'm just kidding. No, because these are like, these, this is like, to me, this is like the, the collector's collection here. Right. It is. I mean, this is like a group of cards, a lot of different companies, Piedmont, what have you. Like to me, and maybe I'm wrong, if you're looking to fill like a vintage collection, you're trying to get pieces to the puzzle, this is the auction for you. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, when when Ellen and I way back 15 years ago, whatever the hell it was, when we were writing the T206 collection, the players and their stories um, for PSA, you know, we we had a lot of correspondence and had a lot of chats uh, and discussions with David and David all he ever used to say to us that he was on a mission <laughs> he was he was on a mission to have the greatest T206 collection in the world yeah and I, you know I'm you know I'm working on a set I've got at the time I probably owned a couple hundred of them and all I remember I says well David how many do you have and he looks at me and says thousands <laughs> <laughs> that's the way he said it right crazy because it's not just every player, every, you know, multiple players have multiple poses, but it's those advertising backs. And yes. you would find the, the rarest, r- the rarest of the rare, you know, the so rarest. A lot of the ones in this one are the <clears throat> only known combination of a back or there's only a handful in the population. So if you're looking for some uh, very rare T206 cards, this is the auction for you. And, you know, there, of course, there's six-figure and five-figure cards, but there's also some that are worth a couple hundred, you know, a couple thousand, so there's something for everybody in it. So, Prove, let me ask you this question before we uh, we go on to another, another subject. So this is the seventh, you said? Eight. 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 So, I mean, is this any kind of, uh, are you seeing any kind of, of a pattern to who's buying the cards? Is, is, are the same people buying these cards every time the auction comes up, trying to build their own collections? A lot of repeat buyers, but, uh, you know, I also see in these uh, people have bought their first T206 cards from us. So people that maybe are just dipping their toes in and or have a player or a unique card that they want. So, uh, you know, in the past few years, since the hobby's gotten bigger, T206 is one of the fabled sets. So if you're jumping in and you want to get a little piece of everything, you got to get a T206 card or a Cobb or something like that. Lena Blackburn, baby. Lena Blackburn <laughs> actually started my collecting career. Lena Blackburn. <laughs> God's honest truth. Prova really jumps out at me about these cards across the board, uh, whether it's T206 or a different, different card, what have you. And regardless of the player, and obviously there's different levels of condition, but the, the artwork and the color like on these cards is really neat, really unique, you know, so different from the, the modern day cards. Can you just, you know, even some of the poses, you know, of the players, can you just talk about that? Almost the, uh, the artistic, almost aesthetic value of these cards. Yeah, they're beautiful. Those tobacco issues, especially the ones that are over a hundred years, that's, they're beautiful and they're historic. These are pieces of history and a lot of effort was put into it. And a lot of them uh, are the most iconic images of these athletes, uh, which is 
something that's very unique to the vintage sets. You know, a lot of people, when they think of Cobb, they think of the Red Portrait T206, uh, the Christy Matthewson. So uh, they're the images that are really ingrained in collectors' minds. They're beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. To see them all was unbelievable, yeah. the entire collection. You know, I want you both to know that at one time I had hair like Shag Shaughnessy. <laughs> I just want you to know that, all right? My uh, favorite is Jimmy Lavender. Yeah. <laughs> I, did not, I did not know that card existed until we got this collection, but, uh, you know, he sounds like a... 50s Vegas lounge. Oh, yeah. you, it's some of these cats. I mean, these that's that's red, a great red. name for a pro wrestler or maybe an adult film star, even. Then there was uh, Jerry Downs, who was a T206 guy, and he and his career ended wonderfully when he tried to rob a bank <laughs> and, uh, and did a little time. It's just kind of cool stuff like that. Uh, uh, Michael, what else? What are some of the other auctions coming down the road? So we're finishing up our spring catalog auction. We're proofing the catalog currently, and it's a monster. It's over 4,500 lots, half cards, half memorabilia, and we have some incredible collections in it, player collections. Uh, we've got the Ronnie Locke collection, the Patrick Waugh collection. Really? Uh, Ted Simmons, Joe Garagiola, wow. Brock. Uh, so wow. really some amazing things. Uh, and then we have the most incredible Super Bowl ring collection, which a guy came into our Dallas offices uh, a few weeks ago, and he had 42 player Super Bowl rings. You're kidding me. Are you serious? I've never seen more than like six or seven at once. Wow. And 42. So we've split it up because that's a lot of rings. So half of them are in this auction, and the other half will be in our August Platinum auction. But just to see them all together is unbelievable. Now, that, that's something – is that something you've seen before anywhere, Prov? I haven't seen anything like that, you know, having no, like that big just, a collection of Super Bowl rings. You get you, – every now and then in an auction, you'll see one or two. But to have that conglomerate is crazy. And all player rings, too, which is so hard to come by. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's got all the ones you want. First Cowboys ring, uh, Super Bowl three Jets ring. Uh, these gigantic Patriots rings from the modern era, <laughs> uh, Packers rings. So really impressive collection. And yeah, when uh, our consignment director brought it back, he had it all in a big fancy box and opened it up. And there it was, 42 Super Bowl rings. Unforgettable. Hey, Pro, we got about three minutes left. I'm going to throw some bullets out at you real quick. Your opinion. Bing. Number one, <laughs> fractional, fractional buying. Uh, they've really made a lot of strides in the last year. And, I, you know, I like it because it's letting a lot more people get involved with items they wouldn't be able to afford on their own. So if you're savvy and you've got a good idea in the marketplace, what's going to be valuable, what's going to get a good return, even if, you know, you can't afford a mantle jersey or a Jordan game worn sneakers, you can get a piece of it and make a little money uh, using your knowledge, even if the item itself is outside of your range. NFTs, National foot Football, <laughs> National Football Time. So I handle the NFTs for Heritage, the sports side of it. Uh, we also offer them in our art department, which has done very well. Um, it's a fun genre, and I think it's got a good future. It's just kind of the Wild West right now. So I just tell people, be careful what you buy, who you buy it from. And uh, as always, collect what you love. If you see one that you like, uh, that entertains you, or it's something you want to own, go for it. What's hot? What's not? Tickets are very hot right now. Uh, we have a ton of tickets, debut tickets, especially in the upcoming auction. Uh, we have a Pele World Cup debut ticket. We have a Mickey Mantle MLB debut ticket. And we have the only known Kobe Bryant full debut ticket. Do the tickets uh, have to be full prop to have any value or can they be torn? Stubs have value. The full are the more valuable okay. just because they're rarer. Um, but, you know, I like the stub. The stub was actually there at the event. So, right. you know, if, right. if you if you come to it just from the collector and you want something to hold on to, I think the tickets are cool because it kind of straddles the line that, it is memorabilia, but it's like cards because it's slab. There's population reports. You can do the research on it that collectors love to do. Um, and there's a lot of good ones out there. And you can find whatever your team, sport, player you're into. You can find cool tickets from there, uh, special moments or historic games, things like that. So that's a cool genre that's up and coming. Your website address? HA.com. 
Michael, as always, you know we love having you. You mean uh, you, you and Derek, uh, <laughs> you guys. You, I don't know if you realize this. You guys have become cult heroes. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't always a great thing. But I'll, it, it, I'll tell you a couple of times uh, at some of the shows, especially in Boston, it's hysterical. People walk up to Grady, they start busting his chops like we bust his chops. I like to hear that. I really like to hear that. So everybody out there, keep that up. Absolutely. All right, Michael. Uh, again, take care of yourself. Have a great week. And uh, we'll see you at the National, definitely. Take care, Looking bro. Looking forward to it, guys. Have a great day. You can hang with us till the end of the show. JM, what is up? I'm going to see. I'm going to be in the, in the studio with you again, bro. <laughs> I can't wait, Zap. We're going to have that great chemistry going. I mean, only you and I could have this chemistry 1,500 miles away from each other. But when you're near me, it's going to be even better. Hey, why don't you do me a favor? Yeah. Why don't you come in the studio next week with Rico and I, although you're not going to be compensated for it. Oh, then I will not be here. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're pathetic. You are absolutely pathetic. You really are. All right. I'll see what I'll see if I can pull some strings. All right. All right? You buy me a, you buy me a couple of nice cigars. I'm here. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll buy you a cigar and a Borelli sub. Oh, okay. Then I'm here. All right. All right with that being said, uh, see you when I get back. We're leaving uh, today. Well, today we. It's a long story, but we're, we're, we're in the car right now because uh, we're taped. Uh, with that being said, uh, JM, thanks. Chrissy, we love you. Uh, David, we'll see you guys next week. And to our viewers, listeners, as always, a special thanks to Michael. And uh, we love you guys. Thanks for the support and happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.